0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, wa ala Kareem. Amma Barat. Alhamdulillah, tonight is the 23rd of June in the year 2023. Alhamdulillah, we're beginning the third month, the 61st night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the Eminent Companion. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiya So, to mention one final blessing of the blessed glorious days, and that is with regards to the qurbani So, our beloved Messenger he mentions the hadith is in Tirmadi Hassan Gharib ibn Majah Hakim Sahih, Zahabi Sahih. Man does not do any deed on the day of sacrifice, i.e., Eid al Adha. That is more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Than causing blood to flow. You should therefore carry out this act wholeheartedly. So the Prophet said that the most beloved deed on the greatest day of the year is to sacrifice. The greatest deed on the greatest day is to sacrifice. And this also indicates that the superior time to offer the sacrifice is on the day of Eid. However, all the days of the of a sacrifice. In Imam Ahmad and his Muslim Ibn Hiban, Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullah says Hassan in as Sahihah number 2476. Our beloved messenger said, all the days of the of a sac- sacrifice, uh, the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, until the Asr. But the greatest is on the day of Eid. <coughs> and combining the reports, In Tabarani and Bazar, the Prophet ﷺ said, With the first drop of blood, all your past sins are forgiven. Subhanallah. With the first drop of blood, all your past sins are forgiven. Not forgetting, that's just the first drop. So what is the reward for the remaining blood that leaves the body? And also in Tirmidhi, the Prophet ﷺ said, For every hair of the sacrifice, one good deed is recorded. So it works on both sides of the scale. You get immense... Good deeds and immense purification of sin. And also in Tabarani in his Kabir, al haythami in Majma Az-Zawa in 4-17, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, <coughs> it will be a barrier for him from the hellfire. It is a barrier, i.e. from the from the hellfire. Not only this, our beloved Messiah added Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Asbahani and Tarheem, on the day of judgment, it will be brought with all its flesh and blood, it shall be put on your scale of deeds 70-fold. So even though it takes out all your sins, and you get the reward for every hair, it's still also weight and it multiplies in weight on the, on the scale. So Alhamdulillah, don't forget to offer the blessed sacrifice. So we're on the subsection in which we're Indicating Sayyidina Ibn Masud الله, and his warning is of falling into innovations. The last thing I mentioned, which I'll mention again, the hadith is in Bayhaqi in, in Sunan al-Kubra 4-316, Abdullah Ibn Abbas عنك, he said, Verily the most detestable of affairs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are innovations. So the most detestable in his sight is when you innovate, said Ibn Abbas. Also Ibn Abbas He had warned those O people Verily you will invent new things And new things will be invented for you Thus when you see an innovation Then you must return to the first affair This is in Darimi in his Sunan number 174 So Ibn Abbas Anhu. echoing the words of the serious and he's saying when you see the innovation simply go back to the first affair Rasulullah, the companions and the self, because this is the easy way out of this you know clouded area meaning desist and suffice yourself with the priceless sunnah as the honorable imam zuhri so beautifully and simply put it the people of knowledge who came before us used to say, Salvation lies in clinging to the sunnah. Subhanallah. The people of knowledge who came before us used to say, Salvation lies in clinging to the sunnah. This is in Darimi in his Sunan number 96. So salvation, and what he's saying, those who before us, he means the salaf, because he was tabi'een. <laughs> So he's saying the Sahaba, because salvation lies in clinging to the Sunnah. And for those who refuse to listen, then let him reflect upon the words of no other than our beloved Messenger when he said in Imam Ahmad, in his Muslim, He who follows my Sunnah has been guided. And he who follows innovation has been destroyed. He who follows my sunnah has been guided. And he who follows innovations has been destroyed. Focus when I'm caught in revelation. If Rasulullah was sitting and you're playing on your phone, is that a good thing? Hmm? So what did the Prophet Wasallam say? You come here to acquire virtues, not to destroy, and destroy yourself. Astaghfirullah. So what did the Prophet say? I'm going to repeat myself. He who follows my sunnah has been guided. And he who follows innovations has been destroyed. Hmm. So, who's telling you that? Hmm. Not some grand sheikh, not some peer that you follow blindly. Hmm. The Imam al Muttakeen. Hmm. He goes, If you follow innovations, you are destroyed. Hmm. Who else is left to speak on this subject? Sallallahu <laughs> wa sallam. Similarly, Irbad ibn Sari al Adiyallah, he relates that our beloved Messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Save yourselves from wal Introducing anything new into the deen For every innovation will make you go astray This is in Ibn Majah And Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullah states Sahih In Sahih sunan Ibn Majah number 14 So here in the Sahih Hadith in Ibn Majah, What did the Prophet Sallallahu say? He goes, save yourselves When a person says save yourselves It means there's a severe threat from what umur al muhdafat, introducing anything new into the Deen, every innovation will make you go astray. The Prophet said, Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And also in another report, the Prophet Sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Laysa minna man amila bi sunnati He is not from us who acts on something besides my Sunnah. This is in tabarani in his in his Musnad al al in Majma al So think about this. How many reports have I mentioned? It's like these reports don't exist to many of the Muslim world. minna. He doesn't belong to us. amila sunnati Who acts on something besides my sunnah? So the Prophet's warned you you. You got nothing to do with me. He goes, you will be destroyed if you innovate. He goes, keep away from them. And what are we doing? Complete opposite of what he's telling us to do. Sallallahu The effects of misguided innovations are catastrophic. How do we know? Hudayfa, he relates the beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi wa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept from an innovator. <laughs> He doesn't accept his fasting, he doesn't accept his salah, he doesn't accept his sadaqah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't accept his hajj, he doesn't accept his umrah, he doesn't accept his jihad. Wala wala adla. He will not accept any obligatory worship nor any voluntary worship. <laughs> he leaves Islam as the hair leaves the door. <laughs> so let's look at this. the so first where is it recorded? In Ibn Majah number 49 to 50 Tabrani in his Ausat number 4202 or 4 they Haki in his Shu'ab al Iman, number 7238, 9456. Ibn Hibal in his Tabakat al Muhaddithin, the Isbahan, 3-609. 9 are in his Musnad al Firdos, number 2732. Ibn Abi Asim in his Asunna, 1-21. Ibn Rahawi in his Al Musnad, number 397. Al Muktisi in his Al Mukhtar, number 2054, Sahih The number 87, Sahih here to be in Majma al Zawahi 10-19 Hassan, could to be in his Al Jami al Akham al Quran 18-199, half is al Mizi in his Tahdib al Qamar 26-374, half is Ibn Hajar al-Skalani in his Tahdib al Tahdib 9-381, half is Munawi in his Fatal Kadib 2-200, half is al Kinani in his Misba al Zujaj, number 19. So in this Sayih Hadith in Ibn Majah and Tabarani and many other references, look at how detailed the Prophet gave the answer. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala does not accept from the innovator. So if he stopped there, you could argue. Oh, he's talking about, he doesn't accept the innovation. He doesn't accept his fasting. Doesn't accept his salah. Doesn't accept his sadaqah. Doesn't accept his hajj. Doesn't accept his umrah. Doesn't accept his jihad. Doesn't accept the fadat or the nafuh. Now to crown it off, he exits from Islam as the hair exits from the door. So a person goes, what did the Prophet say? So now it's very important to explain which innovation was the Prophet talking about here? He was talking about innovations in belief. So if you innovate in belief, i.e., you start saying things about Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, which he never said about himself or the prophets or any articles of iman. This is the state you're in. So imagine you get a rawafid. Is there such thing according to this narration as a pious rawafid? And you have to say no. Even if they say he prays the Hajj, one third of the lie he gives so much sadaqah he does jihad nothing's been accepted. Because he's innovated in belief. He believes in Imamat. <laughs> concocted belief. <laughs> Is there such thing as a pious khawarij? <laughs> no. Even though the Prophet said explicitly their Salat will make your Salat look insignificant. <laughs> their Quran will make your disciple look insignificant. What's made them deceived? The The innovation. And then finally they leave Islam. So now, there's two types of innovation. One is in belief, and this is which the Prophet warns really about. And the other is in worship. Both of them are catastrophic. One more catastrophic than the other. And that's why, like I mentioned, Shaitan is not bothered. He's not bothered whether you sin or you innovate. But he prefers that you innovate. Why? Because you're not going to ask forgiveness. You know, we're just discussing now. If a person is dealing drugs, he knows it's wrong. You know, even if he's dealing, you know, you talk with you're lying. Right. He never starts saying, Alhamdulillah, I'm gonna get so much no sin and things like that. But if you go to another person who's religious and yet he's innovative and you speak to him, will he ask forgiveness? <laughs> so note the Prophet's warning you again and again. Because why are you even venturing into this? <coughs> Repentance is the last thing on the innovator's mind, for he considers what he is doing to be good and correct. The Prophet warned about that. What did he say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Say that na anasradiy alamre larest alabulufit messaging yourself, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Inna Allah hajbat tauba an sahibi kulli bidha. Verily, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has placed a veil. Over the repentance from the perpetrator of every innovation, mm-hmm. I, until he gives it up. This is in Tabarani, Hassan Behaki ibn Abi Asim, and his as sunnah Why? Because there's a veil there. He's not gonna. He's not gonna repent. Why would he repent? It's like me saying to one of you, after you've done a good deed, seek forgiveness, brother. Mm-hmm. Why should I seek forgiveness? I've just done the wrong <laughs> Seek forgiveness, brother. Mm-hmm. They will never depend. The hijab is placed. That hijab will destroy them unless Allah Allah blesses them with insight. Mm. Leaving aside the scholarly dispute over different categories of innovations, which I will mention briefly, Mm. one is truly treading a most dangerous and slippery path. Mm. Hence, a simple question to be asked is it really worth the risk? Mm. Forget about the scholarly dispute. We're not scholars. You know, the, the fact that you said is a scholarly dispute. Why have you entered into it? Mm-hmm. Let them dispute till the cows come home. Nothing to do with me, brother. I'll stick to what's tested and tried. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it? The reason for the harshness upon the innovators is as the blessed scholars have rightly said, الله, those who act upon accursed innovations are deprived of the sunnah of Rasulullah <laughs> How do we know that? Hassan ibn Atiyah, he said, Our people never innovate something in the religion, but, have, but to have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take away a sunnah similar to it, then that sunnah does not return to them until the day of resurrection. Astaghfirullah. This is in Darimi in his Sunan, number 98, Sahih. Abu Nu'im al-Hiliya, 6-73. Shaykh al-Bani, Alhamdulillah, they state Sahih. in his checking of Mishkat number 188. So who's the narrator? Hassan ibn Atiyah, student of the Sahaba. He said, if you innovate something in the religion, Allah will take away a Sunnah. And he will not return it till the day of Resurrection. You're, you've been deprived of the sunnah. The more you indulge, the more you'll be deprived. And what do you notice? Lo and behold, who are the people with the least sunnahs? The innovators. you notice every Most of what they do is like, I had a dream. Shaykh had a dream. It was something in my heart was telling me. I think we we'll about the Quran and the sunnah. Right? So, there you go. What did Hasan ibn Atiyah say? He goes, the sunnah will abandon them. We seek refuge in our loving Lord subhanahu ta'ala from all forms of deviation and misguidance. Ameen. So now, let's give you a few examples. A few examples of Ibn Mas'ud's abhorrence to innovations. So how much did he detest it? In Ibn Abi Shaiba in his Al musannaf one or half Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah in his Al Iqtida, page 81 of the New English translation, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu He detested praying in a mihrab or a niche at the front of the masjid and he would say, it is something found inside churches. So do not resemble the people of the book. It is something found inside churches. So do not resemble the people of the book. Is this, Become a sunat, now. <laughs> what did I say yesterday? What did I believe I soon say? The Bhridat will become a sunat. Mm-hmm. Now think about it, don't quote a text. Say, the, you know, the, what "Do you know, mihrabs in masjids. What do you think of that? Ninety percent will say, Masha you know which way the Qibla is. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, I ask you about the Qibla. I go, the mihrab. Because you know, the mihrab tells you which way the Qibla is. The compass tells me which way the Qibla is. The people in the locality will tell you which were the qiblai's. I don't need a mihrab. Mm. The mihrab is an innovation. Who said it's an innovation? Ibn Masood. Because you're copying the people of the book. Mm. They have mihrabs. Mm. Go, don't do it. Mm. Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah, he commented, in his al al-iktida volume 1, page 351. It is disapproved to prostrate whilst facing a niche. As it resembles the act of the people of the book. In terms of assigning a special place. For the Imam. he goes, Don't even prostrate towards it. Because you're copying the, the Christians. Don't know whether he was referring to the Jews. Another report. Salim ibn Abu Rahmatullah He said. The companions of Rasulullah. Used to say. From the signs of the hour is that Al-Madabih will be built in Masjids meaning Taqat Mihrabs or niches in front of the Masjid. This is in Ibn Abi Shaiba in his Al-Musannaf Half Hafiz Ibn Taymiyyah in his Al-Iqtida page 82 of the New English Translation. So this is a sign of the oh. How many Masjids have got Mihrabs? I, don't, I can't even think of one without a mihrab now. <laughs> you that stage. The companions of Rasulullah said, this is the sign of the hour, Al-Madabih, be built in masjids, meaning mihrabs, taqat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mansur ibn al-Mu'tamir, he said, Rahmatullah Ibrahim al-Nakhai, hated to pray in front of a mihrab. Mm-hmm. Ibrahim al-Nakhai, hated to pray in front of a mihrab. This is in Abdul Razak, in his Al-Musanna, Volume 2, Number 413, with the Sahih Channel Transmission. Ibrahim al nakhai was a direct student of Abdullah ibn Masud who taught him. He goes, Don't pray facing a Mihrab. authority, Rahmatullah he said, we disapprove of it. This is in Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf, volume 2, number 430, with a Sayyidina transmission. Dus half is mullah alikari, the great hanafi Yorish uh, Rahmatullah, he said. Making niches is one of the rejected innovations in the deen. That was introduced after the passing away of Rasulullah It was for this reason that all the righteous predecessors disliked it. So Hafiz Mullah Ali Qali said, all of them detested it. For further details, refer to Imam Sayyuti in his Ilam Al-Arib. bi Bid'a Al-Maharib. And Mu'jam' al-Bid'ah, number 615, Now, was interesting. Imam Ziyuti, people like quoting him. <laughs> what did he say about Mehraaf? The guys are scratching his <laughs> head, he wrote treaties condemning it. Are we really following the scholars? <laughs> so now, <laughs> note, none of the scholars have said, your prayer is not valid. <laughs> So if you do pray in the Mihrab, your prayer is valid, but you've done a disliked act because you've imitated the people of the book. So now imagine if the Imam suddenly says, I don't want to pray in the Mihrab, why don't they say that? Because it causes more harm than good. It'll be fitna in the masjid. (laughs) We spent 10 grand on the Mihrab. You dare, and there you go. So he doesn't want to cause fitna. But if you notice, and I've noticed this, and you've got to give them credit, some of the Imams were more clued up. They don't pray in the mihrab. They actually pray away from the mihrab. They look like they're facing it, which is accordingly here is also disliked. But they're not inside the mihrab. you notice the prayer mat's outside. But those who've lost it completely, they're in the mihrab. So Lord, this is innovation. So a person goes, well, brother, it's not a big thing. There's far more important things we should discuss. It's an innovation, brother. You know what innovations are? This is the problem. People don't give you weight to what's important. So again, to reiterate, the prayer is valid and you shouldn't cause fitna and facade in the masjid. However, if you've got the means without causing too much harm or trouble, then no problem. We don't need a mihrab. In fact, it takes up space noticed he actually lose a few uh, places in the south because of <laughs> another trick to finish of shaitan in this area which many are blissfully unaware of was exposed by Ibn Mas'ud Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud said none of you should leave any portion of his salat for shaitan Upon completing your salat on your left, do not make it binding upon yourself to turn around only to the right. For I have seen Rasulullah also turning to the left when he finished. This is in Sayyih Bukhari. Sayyih Muslim. Mishkat one So let's explain this. This is talking about the Imam. Not you. If you're the Imam, this applies to you. The Prophet ﷺ would give his second taslim to his left blessed shoulder. Then he would turn around. Ibn Mas'ud He noticed that people, they were always turning to the right. Because the Prophet usually would turn to the right to face the Muqtadis behind him. So Ibn Mas'ud said, don't make this binding upon yourself. For I have seen Rasulullah also turning to his left. <laughs> Thus, it was the usual practice of our beloved Messenger after completing the obligatory prayer, he would turn towards the right and face the congregation behind. But, as Ibn Mas'ud highlighted, he would occasionally turn towards the left and face them. So, that's the hadith. One of the scholars pointed out here. Sheikh Muhammad Tahir Hanafi who died 986 AH so about 550 years ago in his majmu' al-bahar he said the person who insists upon a mandub or mustahab recommended act such that he makes it binding and never wavers from it then it is as though shaitan has placed him on the road of deviation and what then is the condition of that person who persists on a blatant innovation itself? So, what did this respected Hanafi Shaykh say? If you insist on a mandub, right, right, I'm going to turn right, sunnat, sunnat. You've done shaitan's right hook, he's got you with the left uppercut. That's what he's saying, using modern language. You don't even realize he's not you out. You're deviating. (laughs) Then he said, (laughs) then what the one who's just innovating? (laughs) Because this is not even talking about the innovator. This is the one who's insisting on a mustahab. (laughs) (laughs) The same views were shared by Hafiz Tibi, who died 743 AH in his Sharh Mishkat. And Hafiz Mullah Ali Qari in his Mirqat, Volume 2, Page 353, which clearly proves that whoever persists on a mandub or mustahab such that they never practice against it are under the shaitan's influence. And he shares a part of their deed. We seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from misguidance. So now just to finish. Give me a classic example of this misguidance. The world over. Dua, mashallah. Insisting upon du'a after the farad, <laughs> it's a mustahabat. Are you insisting upon him, brother? You better do it. There you go, brother. Shaitans, you he's missed you missed his bravo. He's got you with the left uppercut. <laughs> For instance, the imam of a congregational prayer should not always make a congregational supplication after the obligatory prayer, which sadly is now widespread seen across the Islamic world. So look at Ibn Masood. He was a brilliant jurist. Look what he was observing. Look how intricate he was watching people. Why is that Imam always turning to the light? Be honest. Would you notice that? And then he said, he goes, don't do it. I saw Rasulullah occasionally turn to the left. You're insisting upon a mustahab. Shaitan. What did he say? Look at the words. None of you should leave any portion of his salat for shaitan. That's what he said before he mentioned the deviation. Shaitan has stole something from your worship because you're insisting upon a mustahab act. But the hawla was Muhammad Ta'ir Hanafi's statement. If this is the condition of the person who insists on mustahab, then what about the one who persists on an innovation? (laughs) This is a sunnah. Right? Somebody goes, there's no text for it. And you insisted. Somebody goes, I don't know, brother. I think Shaitan's giving you, you know, coat, right court, kick you side kick, left kick, flying kick. Right? And you think you get any water for it, and you're doing that one. Right? So you think about look at the you know the the you know it's actually quite humorous if you think about what's taking place as So note again the imams they have a responsibility. And sometimes you notice to give credit to the imams, they don't do it. I noticed that some of the imams are there and all the time you get groaning. So the imam are seeing him, he sits there and then he just gets up, And all of a sudden you get those, you know, chin waggers, right? He just walks off, but he does the dua most of the time because he goes, ah, I can't be dealing with this. But then every now and again, he doesn't do it. And then once, alhamdulillah, one of the imams actually explained it and people were interested. Oh, no chance, right? You're going to lose your job if you don't do it. All right. No problem. So all I mentioned today was, again, the dangers of innovation and also persisting on the praiseworthy deeds, recommended deeds. Think about that. Did you know there was a deviation there? Look how easily shaitan infiltrates your worship if you've got no knowledge. Are there any questions you like to ask so, <تصفيق> الله